The 2022 NFL Draft is finally here. The first round coming tonight. Who are all 32 teams going to select, or should I say all 32 slots going to select in tonight's first round? I'm going to be breaking it down in my final first round mock draft here on Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Happy Draft Day. We are finally to the 2022 NFL Draft. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Pretty simple episode today. We're finally to the first round. 32 picks. You've got eight teams that aren't in the first round. You've got a bunch of teams with multiple first-round picks. We've seen a bunch of trades as well. So how is this going to unfold tonight? I will be happy if I get seven or eight of these 32 selections correct that would still be a pretty high percentage especially for a draft class like this that doesn't have a quarterback class that's getting a lot of raving reviews has a lot of depth with edge rushers tackles corners linebackers overall it's a pretty deep draft away from the quarterback position so who knows how this is going to play out nonetheless i'm going to be going through all 32 picks i will swing a few trades not going to be trading every other pick i anticipate there's a chance that we could see nine, 10 trades in the first round tonight. Probably not going to be pulling that many on today's simulation because those are the toughest to project. Nonetheless, really excited about this chance to look at all 32 picks. And of course, how that impacts the Seahawks who have the number nine selection that they received from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade. So without further ado, let's get to it. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock to open our first round mock draft here. Now there's been a lot of speculation. With this pick, as always is the case, the first round, the Jaguars picked Trevor Lawrence last year, so they don't need a quarterback, but they could certainly use some weapons for him on offense. They need help with their pass rush as well. Offensive line, maybe they could go with the tackle this spot too. They did just extend Cam Robinson. So I think this is really between Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who's the safer pick, and Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who didn't have a ton of pass rushing production for the Bulldogs but has incredible physical tools and may have a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson. And so it really boils down to, do you want the safe pick or do you want the player that maybe has the potential to end up blowing up in the NFL like Trayvon Walker? I think the Jaguars, when it's all said and done, are going to pick the player that's maybe got the higher ceiling here. I don't know if that's the right call to make, but I think there's just been enough murmurs out there. Maybe they surprise people and pick Hutchinson here, but I think Trayvon Walker is going to be the selection here. So we're going to get the draft started with Draft Network has Walker as their number one guy. Wouldn't be number one on my draft board, but for Jacksonville's sake, again, this is one where the physical tools are tantalizing. The film is tantalizing. So I think they're going to go with Trayvon Walker with this selection. And that puts the Detroit Lions on the clock. And I again, there will be some trades in this mock. I don't think Detroit in this situation, though, is even going to consider moving from number two. If Aiden Hutchinson is there at number two, this is going to be one of the easier selections inside the top five. They need pass rushing help. Hutchinson played at the University of Michigan, so the Lions haven't been in the playoffs very often in the last 20, 30 years. Anytime you can ignite the fan base by bringing in a local kid that's a fantastic talent like Aiden Hutchinson that fits one of your big draft needs, 
it seems like a slam dunk. So to me, this is one of the easier selections with Trayvon Walker being picked first. Aiden Hutchinson get another edge guy off the board at number two for the Detroit Lions. And then that brings us to the Texans at number three. And this is the one pick that I'm really fascinated by heading into tonight in this top five because the Texans basically their entire roster is replaceable. This is a roster that is in the midst of a several-year-long rebuild. They just traded Deshaun Watson. They have some faith in Davis Mills after last year. So with this not being a great quarterback class, I don't see them going quarterback here. But they could go tackle. Even with Laramie Tunsil on the roster, they could go with a tackle here. I could see him potentially going corner. It might even make some sense for them looking at the draft board to consider a player like Garrett Wilson this early because they could use playmakers for Davis Mills. That being said, I think Lovey Smith, the new head coach, he's a defensive guy. I think they're going to go corner here, and this is going to upset some Seahawks fans. But I think this is where Sauce Gardner goes tonight. I just don't see him getting outside the top three. Guy didn't give up any touchdowns at the college level. Derek Stingley could be considered here too, 1A and 1B. But I think the Texans are going to be enamored by Sauce. And I think Mr. Gardner is going to play for Lovey Smith. So I'm going to have him go to the Texans at number three. And that leads up to the Jets at number four. The Jets have two selections here in the top 10. One of them coming from the Seahawks as part of the Jamal Adams trade. This is another team that I could see going a couple of different directions. They just drafted Mekki Becton a couple years ago, but there were reports that came out yesterday that he was hovering around 400 pounds during the 2021 season. So he's been disappointing. He's had injuries. They might be looking to try to move him. George Fant, former Seahawk, actually is being talked about getting an extension, but tackle is certainly an area of need. Edge rush, they could use some pass rushers on this defense. Corner is also a position of need. It is possible that Derek Stingley could go here as well with Gardner being off the board. But I look at the players that are available here. Evan Neal would make a lot of sense. Iki Aquonu would make a lot of sense. Kayvon Thibodeau would make a lot of sense. I think in this instance, if Gardner's not there, they are going to go offensive line because they've been disappointed in where Becton's at. I think they're going to try to move him, and Aquonu might be the best tackle in this class. So I think they're going to go with not the icky shuffle, because that's already been taken, but they're going to bring in Aquonu as their new tackle. Maybe they're going to team him up with George Fant. Have to see how that plays out with Mecky Becton as well. But I think offensive line here makes a lot of sense for the Jets, especially because Aquonu is a player that's getting a lot of top three buzz. So going to get an offensive tackle there at number four. Staying in New York, New Jersey, we've got the Giants up with one of two picks. They've got the fifth pick and the seventh selection in this first round. This one is another one that's kind of a slam dunk for me. They would have loved to have Iki Aquonu. I think they are going to go with our number two tackle here, Evan Neal out of Alabama. The, the Giants have basically had a revolving door in their offensive line, and they need help up there everywhere. And this is a guy that's played guard. He's played both tackle spots, 6'7", 337 pounds. A lot of Seahawks fans hoping that he drops outside the top five. I don't see the Giants making any moves here, though. This is the guy that they are hoping falls to him or one of those tackles, and they get lucky here. So going to stay on the offensive line with Neal going at number five. And that brings up the Carolina Panthers here at six. The Panthers are going to be one of the toughest teams to evaluate in this process because they don't have a second rounder. They don't have a third rounder. And they drafted a cornerback in the first round last year. So Derek Stingley, probably not going to be in the cards here. They could look at Charles Cross. There's a lot of top 10 buzz for Cross. 
They could look potentially at a guy like Thibodeau, even though Edge is not a major area of need, one of the top players that's available. They could maybe use another receiver. Kyle Hamilton, the safety, they've pretty much loaded up in their secondary. They're in a tough spot here at this position. Unless you want to draft a quarterback this early, maybe Malik Willis, maybe Kenny Pickett. I think teams are going to explore trading up here, the Seahawks being one of them. But without Neal, without Gardner, maybe Stingley's worth trading up here for. But with his injuries, I just don't see it happening. I think the Panthers are going to have a tough time moving from the number six spot, given the players that are still on the board here. And they just don't have a lot of players that match up. So I think ultimately, maybe this will be my first shocker here in this mock, this mock draft. They need tackle help. So Seahawks top three tackles are now gone. I'm going to go Charles Cross here. I think Carolina is going to have to sit there at that pick if the draft plays out this way. If one of the other players that was picked earlier falls, Carolina could be in good position to get one of those guys, or they could be in a position where a team wants to trade up. I think they're going to have a tough time selling number six, though, with this quarterback class and the players that were already picked. The Giants back on the clock. This would be another spot where I could see a team trying to trade up. Seattle could certainly look at this position. And I look at the board right now. Derek Stingley, Jermaine Johnson being two names that jump out immediately. Kayvon Thibodeau. This might be a spot where the Seahawks would consider trading up. Again, though, I just don't see it happening in this scenario. Uh, Thibodeau maybe is a guy to consider doing it. But if I'm the Seahawks, I maybe am rolling the dice here with the guys that are still on the board here. And I look at the Giants' needs. They need an edge rusher. Thibodeau would make a lot of sense. Safety would make a lot of sense for them as well. I actually think that them staying at this spot, they are going to go safety. Kyle Hamilton, I think, makes a ton of sense for the Giants. He's not a guy that's getting a lot of top 10 buzz, but this guy is a football player. And so I've got Kyle Hamilton going here at number seven for the Giants. Now on the clock at number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. And they have basically a bazillion needs. They traded away Matt Ryan this offseason. So this might be another team that's looking at quarterback, but they could use edge help. They can use receiver help. They can use a quarterback. I think they are going to go with an edge here. Kayvon Thibodeau still on the board, your number one prospect here. They need pass rushers. They've already got a really good corner in A.J. Terrell, so I don't see Derek Stingley being in the picture here. If it plays out this way, Thibodeau goes at number eight, and I think the Seahawks in this situation – at number nine, you know John Schneider is going to be calling around. He's going to be looking for teams to trade up. Maybe somebody like the New Orleans Saints will want to trade up here. But if you have a chance to pick Derek Stingley at number nine, I think if you trade down, you're not getting him. You could still get Jermaine Johnson here at this pick as well. That could make some sense. You've got Jordan Davis, a player that they like. I think it could make sense. So I actually am going to swing a trade here. But it's not going to be with the uh, it's not going to be with the Saints though. I'm actually going to make a deal with a team that could use one of these players. I'm going to swing a trade with the Houston Texans, see if they're interested with number 13. And I think in this instance, if you're looking at value from Seattle's perspective, a second is going to be too rich. But I think you can get potentially number 68 back here. They're not interested, so that's something we have to consider. The simulator is not always going to be interested in these trades, so. If you can't get a team to deal, and I don't want to move down all the way to 15, if you can't get a team that's interested in this case, then I think you've got to make this selection here. Really like the edge rusher, Jermaine Johnson, but Derek Stingley, I think you got to go with the generational cornerback here at pick number nine. So the Seahawks picked Stingley. Now the Jets back on the clock. Earlier picked their tackle. 
Now they can get their edge. This is where I think Jermaine Johnson goes. This is a pretty quick one for me with that selection. So rounding out our first 10 picks, the Jaguars get Trayvon Walker. Lions get Aiden Hutchinson. Ahmad Gardner going to the Texans. Aquonu to the Jets. Neal to the Giants. Charles Cross, we got three straight tackles going. I think this could very well happen tonight. Going to the Panthers. Kyle Hamilton, the second pick for the Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau at number eight to the Falcons. Derek Stingley to the Seahawks at nine. And Jermaine Johnson, the edge, going to the Jets. Before we get to our second round here, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. With Mother Days coming up right around the corner, whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift that fits into every budget. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $500 spent. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the code Locked On. that's Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, NFL Draft, first round mock draft edition. We have officially reached the draft here, the first round. It feels like it's been like six months since the last NFL game. So far, pretty cut and dry. No trades inside the top ten. That might change here as we continue our draft into the next part of our first round. The Washington Commanders on the clock. And if you're the Commanders, this is a perfect situation because you look at their needs, wide receiver and corner. Top corners, Stingley and Gardner are both off the board, but you've got three receivers at the top of our board here. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jamison Williams, who might be the best receiver in this class. He is coming off an ACL injury. So you've got those three players available. There's also some good interior offensive linemen. I could see Zion Johnson making some sense here. I think at this position, the commanders would be interested in potentially making a trade back, but I don't necessarily know who they would do it with. Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. So in fact, that's where I'm going to go here because I think you look at the receivers that are available. There is one in particular. Actually, that trade wouldn't make a lot of sense because they're both NFC East teams. I could see it happening, but this would be just one to explore. The Eagles moving up from 15 to 11. Potentially, they could consider doing that. Insane division, though. Commanders may not be interested in necessarily doing that and giving a talented receiver to them. So I think commanders are going to go first pick of the litter here. And you look at the players that are available. They already have one of the better receivers in football in Terry McLaurin. I think a running mate for him that would make a lot of sense, maybe a little bigger-bodied receiver. I Actually, this pick... I'm torn because you've got Garrett Wilson, who's got decent size, not a big receiver at six foot, 183. You've got Drake London at 6'4, 219. London to me is the compliment that they need for Terry McLaurin. Garrett Wilson's a very good player, but I think Drake London makes a ton of sense here. And Jamison Williams is an incredible talent, but he's also coming back from an ACL injury. So I actually think Drake London is going to be the first receiver off the board here, going to the commanders at pick number 11. Vikings on the clock here at number 12. This is where I expect our first trade to happen. If I can if I can swing it here, of course, the uh, mock simulator has to allow me to do it. But I think this is where the Philadelphia Eagles trade up. The Minnesota Vikings, you look at their needs. 
safety, interior defensive line, corner. You look at the players that are up at the top here. There's a few players that could make some sense, but they are not in a position where they need a receiver. You got a couple of really good guys here. I think this is where the Philadelphia Eagles are going to strike and they're going to move up. So we've got the Vikings and the Eagles. And this is how I see this trade playing out. They're not in the same division. So this one actually makes sense. The Eagles here, maybe they throw a third rounder. I think that's about the right price when you're moving down to four spots. Maybe tack on a fifth on top of it. If I'm the Vikings, I'm trying to get two extra picks if they're going to get a third. I think this is how the deal would shake out. The Eagles move up from their pick number 15. And they're going to pick Jamison Williams. I, I think they can't pass up the opportunity. You put Jamison Williams there with Smith, who they drafted last year, two Alabama receivers. You put them right back together with Jalen Hurts. This is a team that's been looking for receivers. They've drafted in the first round each of the last like 15 years, it feels like. And I think they're going to do it again with Jamison Williams here, a guy that may be ready fairly early in the season to play. He's made pretty good progress. Now the Texans on the clock. They need edge. They need offensive tackle, safety, receiver. Basically, they need everything at this point. I think this becomes a best player available type situation. Maybe Garrett Wilson makes sense to him here. Zion Johnson. There's a couple of quarterbacks that are here. I'm actually going to go to the player, and Seahawk fans are not going to be, maybe some of them aren't going to be happy about this, because if you're wanting to trade back in for this guy, if you're looking at tackles, I actually think this is where Trevor Penning is going to fall because you have Laramie Tunsil on one side. I think they could put Trevor Penning at right tackle, and this gives you another foundation for your offensive line. So I'm actually going to go with Trevor Penning at 13. That has not been a pick that I've seen very many mock drafts make, but there's some that are having them pick a tackle at number three. I think at 13 that it makes a lot of sense. The team that's going to be upset about that most is the Ravens here. At 14, they've been linked to Penning throughout this process, but there is a perfect corner on the board for them. And they also could use some interior defensive line help. I think that they're going for the big 350-pounder here. This, to me, screams Jordan Davis to the Baltimore Ravens. This would be a really fun pick in the middle of that defense, adding him to the black and blue division there that is the AFC North. So Jordan Davis is now gone at 14. Now the Vikings back on the clock. This has played out perfectly for Minnesota because corner is where I was going to go at number 12. They added a three, added a five, and now they get their pick. There's a few guys that are interesting here. Trent McDuffie, Washington fans know him very well, playing for the Huskies. He could make some sense, and I could even see Kyir Elam here. He's ranked 27 on the Draft Network's board, but I could see him making sense. I think they're going to go Trent McDuffie here, though. I've seen this mocked a few times. It looks like a great fit. It's a team that needs help at the cornerback position. So Trent McDuffie going to the Vikings at 15. And now this is where things get really interesting. The Saints, there's a lot of talk about them trading up, but the way this draft has unfolded, they haven't had to do that. There hasn't been a Russian quarterback's. And so now you've got Malik Willis, you've got Desmond Ritter, you've got Kenny Pickett, you've even got a receiver in Garrett Wilson that is available here. I'm going to surprise people. There's quarterbacks galore here. The Saints have a pick and a few picks away. I actually think they sit here and they take Garrett Wilson, team him back up with Michael Thomas, two Ohio State receivers, and maybe they can get their quarterback here in a few picks at number 19. Now on the clock here, the Chargers. 
The way this is playing out here, the Chargers need tackle help. The top four tackles are gone. Interior defensive line, you know, maybe Devontae Wyatt could make some sense here for them. They need some help at linebacker and edge. George Karloftis could make some sense. Maybe Devin Lloyd, if they're wanting to go linebacker. Nicobe Dean might make some sense here. The Chargers are a team that I could see trading down, though, because there's not a lot of players that fit what they are looking for at this stage. There may be a few teams wanting to look to move up. I actually think the Seahawks, if they want a quarterback, this might be a hot spot for them to consider, but this is a pretty penny to move up to number 17. And so when it's all said and done, we know they're not going quarterback. We know they're not going to go interior offensive line, most likely with Zion Johnson. They could maybe pick a receiver, could make some sense. Uh, Their safeties are pretty well set. I actually think that this is a hot spot potentially for our first major upset of this draft. I actually think that when you look at the Chargers, they've already got Khalil Mack. They've got Bosa. Why not add another edge to the mix? Or I'm I'm torn on this one. This is a hard one. This is a hard pick because there's three or four guys that jump out to me. I think if you're going by biggest need, Devontae Wyatt makes a lot of sense. Uh, But you know what? I'm going receiver here. Get another weapon for Justin Herbert. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Why not? Let's get another receiver there. They need weapons. You're only as good as your third receiver, and I think a third receiver in that offense. Adding a wave is going to make that offense that much tougher to stop. And so now we got the Eagles back on the clock. They picked Jamison Williams at eight or at 15 or 12, actually traded up from 15 to 12. They need corners. They need edge help. This, to me, this looks like a spot that is prime for Kyir Elam to get picked, and I actually am going to project that right now. From Florida, big athletic corner. All the other corners, Andrew Booth might be considered here as well, but I actually think Kyrie Elam is going to be the better pro of those two players. So Elam going to the Eagles at 18, and now this is playing out perfect. If you're the Saints, if you're Mickey Loomis, if it plays out this way, and I think there's a very good chance that it does, you now can get whatever quarterback that you want. The Seahawks, maybe they want to call up here, but the Saints at 19, they need the quarterback so Do you go with Malik Willis? Do you go with Desmond Ritter? Do you go with Kenny Pickett? I think if Malik Willis has fallen this far, that the Saints are going to reel him in. And so our first quarterback is off the board. And once that happens, there is going to be a short little run here. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, quarterback is their biggest need. They've had meetings with Desmond Ritter. Kenny Pickett is from Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of question marks, which player is going to fit there. And I know a lot of Steelers fans have been throwing out the picket idea, but I think at this point that Desmond Ritter is going to get picked before Kenny Pickett does. And I think that he is a player the Steelers are enamored by. They had their visits and then it's kind of gotten a little bit quiet on that front. I think they go quarterback here. And I think Desmond Ritter is gone at number 20. Now 21, the Patriots. This is another home run selection. This is one that I've been eyeing. I've been thinking about this pick now as we've been going through this. And I look at Devin Lloyd from Utah. I think he's a top five, top six defensive player in this draft. Why would he fall to 21? He's a linebacker. And there are some people that question his athleticism at the next level. I watch the tape and I don't see that. I see a playmaker that flies all over the field. He can pass rush off the edge. He's got good coverage skills. You can blitz him. He's a beast getting through the gaps. I think this guy screams New England Patriot. He's that big-bodied linebacker that you can move all over the formation. I think that Bill Belichick is going to be dancing in the draft room if he has an opportunity to do this. So 
Devin Lloyd going to the Patriots at 21. The Packers will be on the clock here next at 22. Looking at the last uh, set of 10 picks, we've got Drake London going to the Commanders, Jamison Williams to the Eagles, Trevor Penning to the Texans, Jordan Davis to the Ravens, Trent McDuffie to the Vikings, Garrett Wilson to the Saints, Chris Olave to the Chargers, Kair Elam to the Eagles, Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter back-to-back picks going to the Saints and Steelers, and the Patriots getting a linebacker, Devin Lloyd, at 21. The Packers will be on the clock here in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting and wagering informational needs. From live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, draft day edition. We got the first round coming up tonight in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. We're in the middle of conducting a first round mock draft, and I went into this process thinking that there was going to maybe be five, six, seven trades potentially in this. But the way that this board has shaken out so far, I don't know necessarily that we are going to see a lot of trade activity. Now, there's a few picks if they go differently in the top five could throw this entire thing out of whack and you could see a bunch of trades. But most teams have been able to get what they want up to this point. And so that limits the amount of trades. A lot of teams aren't wanting to move up because they're like, hey, I've got a few options for the positions that I need. I'm not going to give up capital for this deep draft on day two. It could very easily play out that way. And that leads us to pick number 22, the Green Bay Packers now on the clock. And Green Bay, I think it's pretty obvious. If you've not been paying attention at all, maybe you don't know this, but Devontae Adams is gone. They need a wide receiver And there's a few options that intrigue me. Traylon Burks from Arkansas maybe has been a guy that I haven't been quite as high on in the pre-draft process. Makes a lot of big plays, but he's certainly one to consider here. Jahan Dotson from Penn State's a pretty dynamic player. But I'm actually going to scroll down the board here. And there's a few options that Draft Network has way lower that I actually think Green Bay is going to consider here. And since there's been a little bit of a run of receivers, I think they want to get their guy. And to me, their guy is George Pickens from Georgia. He hasn't been getting as much first-round buzz as I expected he was going to, but this guy is just a playmaker, and I think he's going to be a really good fit catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. So Green Bay gets his receiver. We stay in the NFC West. Arizona is going to be happy if the draft plays out this way. Another team that things have really fallen the way they want them to. Now, they're not going to maybe get the corner that they want. Andrew Booth could make some sense here. Edge is something they're looking for. Receiver, surprisingly, they could use one after losing Christian Kirk. A.J. Green's not getting any younger. But I think this is a home run for them. If it falls this way, there's two picks that would be dynamic for them. They could bring in Devontae Wyatt if they want to bolster their interior defensive line. But I think Zion Johnson is going to be the pick here. There's no question in my mind. You bolster your interior offensive line with the pass rushers that are in the NFC West. To me, this is a home run pick for the Cardinals at 23 and I think we're going to stay with offensive linemen the Cowboys might have wanted to move up there's been rumors about that going around but you're going to have a tough time doing that in a draft if it plays out the way that this has so far so I look at their needs they obviously need an edge Boye Mafe is a player that I think makes a lot of sense here and you know Jerry Jones loves players that have 
insane athletic traits. Boye Mafe is that guy. Now, he's still been unpolished, had a real breakout year, a one-year guy for Minnesota. So that might be a question, a little older prospect, but he's one that could make some sense here. Maybe Carl Loftus as well. They need interior line help too. Kenyon Green, a guy that some people think will go in the top 20, is still there. I'm tempted to go edge, but I think Dallas knows they have to protect Dak Prescott. And that offensive line that was once so good has lost so many pieces the last couple of years. I think Kenyon Green is the pick here. So back-to-back interior offensive linemen. And now the Buffalo Bills are on the clock at pick number 25. You look at what's still available on the board, Devontae Wyatt. You've still got Kenny Pickett, the quarterback. Hasn't been picked. You know that Buffalo's not going there with Josh Allen. Maybe they could go to get a corner like Andrew Booth. I think that could make some sense. Adding another receiver to their arsenal might make some sense here. Running back, I don't see him going at number 25. I don't see a running back in this class that screams first-round pick. I just don't see it. Maybe they could go with an interior offensive lineman as well. They have some options here with this pick. I actually think looking at Buffalo's offense – they could use a guy like Jahan Dotson. And so I think this is going to maybe be the first, maybe mild surprise. I mean, receiver's a little bit of a need behind Stephon Diggs. And uh, they've also got, um, I'm trying to remember the kid's name, Gabe Davis from uh, UCF that's on their roster as well. But a third receiver could make sense. So I think Jahan Dotson goes there at 25. And now that leads us to the Titans at pick 26. Ryan Tannehill has done a nice job the last couple of years. This is a pick that could go a number of different ways. Maybe the Texans look for a linebacker, or the Titans look for a linebacker. Maybe they look for a receiver here. I think they look for their quarterback of the future. If Kenny Pickett is there for them at pick number 26, I think this is where our third quarterback goes. They're going to groom him behind Ryan Tannehill, a guy that's been able to get him to the playoffs, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. I think this is where you get your quarterback of the future. Kenny Pickett, I think, in that offense could be very effective. So I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett here at 26. And now on the clock, we've got the Buccaneers. This is going to be a team that I expect there will be some trades, potentially teams wanting to move up. You look at the players that are still available. You got some corners, you got some receivers, you got some edge guys, still got a couple quarterbacks on the board. Tampa Bay just picked one a few years ago in the second round. Tom Brady's not getting any younger. You look at their needs, interior offensive line, safety and receiver being the top three. I actually look at the way the board is shaken out here. Tyler Linderbaum would make way too much sense for the Buccaneers. They have an old center that they just re-signed in Jensen. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. That could be a future forward type move. But you've got Tom Brady, a quarterback, so you want to get guys that can come in and contribute right now. So I think they're going to go safety. Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia, is going to be the pick here at 27. And now that brings us to 28. Looking at the board here, who's available? Devontae Wyatt, Daxton Hill, George Karloftis. The Packers need edge help. They like explosive guys off the edge. They also like big-bodied players like we saw with Rashawn Gary. I think they're going to go for the athletic pass rusher here at 28. Boye Mafe, if he's available here, maybe could get picked one of those teams ahead. But if he's available, I think they are going to go with an edge player at 28. So Boye Mafe staying in a cold weather place, going from Minnesota to Green Bay with the Packers. And we've got back-to-back picks here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is a team that I think will be looking to trade up. The way this draft has fallen, though, 
probably not going to happen. You look at the players that are available. Not a lot of receivers on the on the board. Traylon Burks could make some sense here. If they're wanting to replace Tyreek Hill, though, I think Sky Moore from Western Michigan is a player that has some first-round upside. They just had a receiver there picked by the Seahawks last year, D. Eskridge. Sky Moore, a lot of people are saying, is a better talent coming into the league, and he's got explosive playmaking ability. That would be an ideal player to replace Tyreek Hill. So I think Sky Moore, maybe one of your big upset picks, not a lot of first-round selections mock draft-wise, him going to the Chiefs at 29. We look at how the board has has shooken out here, has, has transpired to this point. The Chiefs at 30, I expect, are going to be open for business moving down. Their needs, they need a corner. They could certainly use an edge. Maybe Karloftis makes some sense here. They could use a safety. Daxton Hill is still on the board. I think that this is a team that the Seahawks will be calling, potentially to look at getting a quarterback because that fifth-year option is so important. But for the sake of this mock, with the way that things have unfolded, I just don't see a lot of activity happening here. And if Kansas City can get a safety like Daxton Hill at this pick, I mean, they can double up. So I think that's what's going to happen in this mock. Daxton Hill goes at number 30. They get Sky Moore and Daxton Hill. You just addressed two of your big needs for the Chiefs, and you got guys that can come in and contribute for you on day one. And that's all you can ask for when you're in the middle of a championship window like the Chiefs are. And that brings up the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think at this point, this might be the toughest pick that I've had in this mock draft at pick number 31. They could use some help at corner. Andrew Booth is a big-time talent. There are some questions about durability, though. I think the Bengals will consider him there. They need help protecting Joe Burrow. Tyler Linderbaum makes some sense here as well. But those are the two big needs that they have on their roster, as far as I'm concerned. Safety might be an area they look at, but we've seen two go off the board. Looking at further down the map, you know, maybe a guy like Kyler Gordon from Washington could make some sense. Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, they want to go safety. I think if Andrew Booth is on the board at this point, though, as much as they would like to upgrade their pass protection, I think getting another really good corner in that division against some of the receiving talent that they're going to face, some of the quarterbacks they're going to face, and some of the and some of the quarterbacks that are in that conference, you need good corners. And so I think Andrew Booth goes to the Bengals at 31 here. And to wrap up the draft, our first round here in 32, the Lions have a number of options here. They could go safety. They can go quarterback. This might be where Sam Howell ends up falling or Matt Corral ends up falling. If a team wants to trade up, maybe the Lions would consider that here. But this is a team that needs talent. They need to add pieces. And there's some good players that are available still on the board. I actually think that this would be a prime spot to potentially put a big-body receiver or even an edge, another guy that can come off the edge that's got speed and get up to the quarterback, maybe Jaquan Brisker here as well. I think there's a lot of different directions that they could go here. I'm going to go, though, looking towards the future here. Whoever your quarterback is going to be, I think at this point they need a big body receiver that can be a compliment. Last year, they got a pretty solid receiver in the fourth round. And uh, in St. Brown, that gave the Seahawks problems. Get a big body guy to go with your quarterback. They still got some options to pick one on day two. They got a pick coming up. So I think they go Traylon Burks here at 32. So looking at my entire draft, only had one trade. And some of you might be thinking there's going to be a lot more than that. But the way this played out, the way that this draft ended up playing out over the entire first round, 
this ended up being pretty cookie cutter. I mean, teams were able to get the players they wanted for the most part. The only trade that really made sense was the Eagles moving up. The Vikings could still keep who they wanted. The Eagles were able to get the receiver they wanted. But here's the entire draft. Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions, Ahmad Gardner to the Texans, Nkwonu to the Jets, Evan Neal to the Giants, Charles Cross, three straight tackles, Cross going to the Panthers, Hamilton to the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Atlanta Falcons. The Seahawks upgrade their secondary with Derek Stingley at pick nine, Jermaine Johnson to the Jets at pick 10, Drake London, the receiver to the Washington Commanders, Jamison Williams going to the Eagles after they trade up three spots to the Vikings. Trevor Penning upgrading the offensive line for the Texans. Big body Jordan Davis going to the Ravens. Trent McDuffie to the Vikings, upgrading their secondary. The Saints get Garrett Wilson, receiver from Ohio State. Another receiver from Ohio State going literally the next pick. The Chargers going with Chris Olave. The Philadelphia Eagles with Kyert Elam, their corner from Florida. So they upgrade receiver and corner in the first round. The Saints get their quarterback in the future with Malik Willis. The Steelers do the same with Desmond Ritter at pick 20. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, goes to the Patriots. George Pickens, the receiver from Green or uh, Georgia, goes to Green Bay. Zion Johnson to the Cardinals to upgrade the middle of their line. Same for the Cowboys with Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Jahan Dotson giving another weapon to Josh Allen's arsenal in Buffalo. The Titans look towards the future with Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pittsburgh. Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Packers getting another pass rusher in Boye Mafe. And then the Chiefs double up. Sky Moore, an explosive receiver to replace Tyreek Hill. And Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan, pick 30. And the last two picks, Andrew Booth, the corner, going to the Bengals. And then the Lions upgrading their receiving core with Traylon Burks the receiver from Arkansas. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Let me know what you think of this mock. I know that listeners were hoping for more drafts. Again, the way this played out though, I don't think necessarily teams are going to be jumping, chomping at the bit to try to move up because it just wasn't necessary. There have been drafts that have played out this way. A few of those picks early on go a little bit differently. We might see a flood of trade activity I would lean towards that being what ultimately happens tonight. There will be a few picks that throw this out of whack, but I'm hoping, again, seven or eight of these picks end up hitting on this mock draft. That's usually a pretty good conversion rate if you're around 33% when you're looking at how unpredictable the NFL draft is. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Check out Locked On Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and we're streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up on Friday, our Blue Friday show, I'll be recapping Seattle's first round selection or selections. If they decide to trade back into the first round, might have multiple picks to go over and we'll be looking at the best players available heading into day two. Enjoy the first round. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.